Tropical Storm Elsa moving northeastward uh, out of North Carolina and into southeastern Virginia. We've got severe weather all over the place tonight across uh, much of the area from, north e from eastern Pennsylvania to southern New England. So we've got lots to talk about on the Joe and Joe Weather Show, which is brought to you by OmniTrue Value Hardware at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon. Phone number there, 631-756-1125. That's in West Babylon, New York, on Long Island. Good place to go to get your uh, hurricane supplies or tropical storm supplies if you need them. The website is omnitruevalue.com and brought to you by Wholesale Holiday Lighting by Giannini, your complete holiday lighting specialist, meeting all your decorating needs, whether you want to decorate for the holidays or maybe you want to do this as a business. They're at 162 Ocean Avenue in Lindenhurst, New York, also on Long Island and not too far away from Omni, 631-957-5106, liholidaylighting.com is the website. So, Mr. Rayo, are you with us? Hello. Hello. Crazy night tonight. Uh, the radar exploded this afternoon and evening. And this is probably one of the more active thunderstorm days that we've seen in a long, long time. And while you, you, can't, you can't say that it's uh, uh, part of ELSA, but it's in that huge no. tropical environment that that the the eastern seaboard is sitting in just one tropical soup bowl so uh indirectly it kind of is part of elsa yep and um elsa's going to rear her ugly head full and front and center probably after midnight tonight joe probably a, a six hour time frame i've uh, got it down between two o'clock and eight o'clock in the morning and uh, uh with the Track now more to the west. I did a consensus with the uh, European and the GFS. And with the track more to the west, this track now is very, very similar, amazingly similar to a tropical system we had back in 1996 in July. That was Tropical Storm Bertha. It hit on a Saturday morning, the 13th of July, 1996. I remember it well, believe it or not. I was... I was on at News 12 Long Island that Saturday morning, <clears throat> filling in for uh, Rob Eisenson, and I remember that uh, that tropical system very, very well. It did uh, cause some problems. It did bring down a few power lines and some trees and um, brought a whole swath of rain to the area. And uh, it, it looks like this storm, uh, Elsa, as it passes on by tonight, may have a chance to do pretty much the same thing. At least we'll be monitoring that for everybody during the overnight hours. Okay, so I just want to run through a couple of things, uh, a general theme here before we, we get going with respect to ELSA. Uh, I I still think that the, 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 the bigger deal is going to be the rain, particularly after all the, like, uh, the thunderstorms uh, today, some eight places getting hammered with several inches of rain, so it's not going to take much to cause some flash flooding. So rain is going to be the bigger deal. As far as the wind is concerned, maybe right along the immediate, immediate coast, and I'm talking about, you know, you have to be pretty close to the beaches or just inland of the beaches. There might be some wind, you know, some gusty, some gust to gale force for a short time, but I honestly think that the wind here is not going to be 
a, a, a big factor. Uh, I, 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 get, I, I got to think you're still on the same page with this. Well, you know, I'm looking at uh, the speed of this storm and uh, the forward speed at, at uh, the time when the thing is passing on by to us, to our south, will be on the order of about 30 to 35 miles per hour. And as we've seen with some tropical storms and hurricanes, that really didn't amount to all that much. Let's say, a, uh, I'll give you an example, Wilma of some years ago, which uh, was, I think, a category one or two storm because it was moving at such a tremendously fast rate of speed, the forward speed added into the storm's dynamics made for a far more powerful uh, wind system. And I would not be surprised, Joe, if we saw, even up here where I live, and I live a good 50 or 60 miles inland from from, uh, the coast, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw gale force winds here. And maybe along parts of the Long Island and Jersey Shore, winds topping 50 miles an hour for a short time, not for a long period of time. But I'm just saying that uh, just just be careful because this thing now, because of its track closer to the coastline and its fast forward speed and its similarities again to Bertha of 1996 makes me think that we may be dealing with something a little bit more significant or a little bit more robust than what we were talking about, let's say, a day or two ago. We'll see. All right, I, I, I'm still, I, I, I'm still not completely sold on the idea of of, of the wind. Uh, Gus, yeah, uh, it's definitely a six-hour event. Uh, I, 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 yeah, on the beaches, you certainly could see some gusts up forty or more. Uh, actually, we've been seeing it uh, all day long on the Carolina coastline. I'll bring up the hazards map, and we can take a look at what's going on at the moment. But in terms of widespread widespread gales lasting six hours or more like we had last no, July, not, like, that's not going to happen. No, no, it's no. not. It's it, it will not happen. And we still on the, uh, on the various guidance models, we're still seeing, at least I'm still seeing uh, in terms of Omega or atmospheric energy, the lion's share of that happening mostly out to sea. This looks nothing like what Itzaia showed last year when we had that uh, tight, tight, swath of energy that moved on through and only moved through in about three or four hours, but it was a much more significant swath of energy as opposed to what we'll be seeing with this system. And I agree with you. I think the rains are going to be more significant, but even in that, even in this case, you know, the irony of this is that from what we've seen already in some places with thunderstorm activity this afternoon and early this evening, the thunderstorms may have more of a punch in terms of precipitation amounts as opposed to the actual tropical system that's headed our way for later tonight. I pulled up the the radars up now. And uh, one of the things that's happening is, you know, you've got the storms. Now, if if you just look at the radar, you can kind of pick out where all the features are. Uh, You uh, have a a frontal boundary that's, that's lying out to the west. Uh, there's Elsa, and by the way, the leading edge of the rain from Elsa is already into southern New Jersey uh, on the radar. So that seems to be coming up a little bit faster than what was previously modeled. Uh, in the last couple of hours, uh, one of the other things that's happened is uh, now, of course, you have the severe weather. And it's kind of funny because uh, the, the watch box that uh, SPC put up today was 
not as far north, but it covered a lot of the same area that didn't get a whole lot in terms of severe weather yesterday. Well, it turned out <laughs> it worked out quite well today in terms of the forecast. I'm just going to move the little paint box out of the way so we can see this a bit better. And we're still getting flashes of severe thunderstorm mornings. Uh, a, a few of them just expired in northern New Jersey. There were a, a, there were a couple over Long Island. You see two those two little dots there uh, on Long Island uh, in Long Island Sound. Those were severe cells from earlier. Now they moved offshore, but these new ones have formed back in northern New Jersey, and they're moving northeast. And, and the, the two areas have almost they're just about merged together. Uh, the uh, the center of Elsa is now just getting into southeastern Virginia, right about there. You can tell by the hook, the curling uh, hook there on the radar. Nothing going on south and west of that center. So as soon as the, the, the low center goes by, wherever you happen to be, the rain is going to shut off right after that. So as the, the six to eight hours worth of stuff, a, a lot of folks are going to blend the two things together here, Joe, with respect to the thunderstorms that are going on now and, and uh, what's going, going to happen overnight and into tomorrow morning. Uh, still, by the way, uh, thinking... After it goes by, we'll probably see some improvement, and then we're going to have this frontal line come through and maybe a couple some more showers and thunderstorms late tomorrow afternoon into tomorrow night. And then we should transition right. over into a reasonably quiet weekend, although there might be a few pop-ups here and there. Yeah, I think uh, the weekend is going to be just fine. Uh, as far as what we're expecting for tomorrow, again, uh, uh, the, 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 the early part of the day, and in fact, I think after eight o'clock in the morning, Joe, we're pretty well done with, uh, with Elsa, save for a few leftover showers. And then what we'll have to do is just have to wait for, as you pointed out, the, uh, the next round of precipitation with that front, that'll be late in the day on your, uh, on your, uh, Friday. And then after that, we should be pretty well into a tranquil weather pattern as we move into the upcoming uh, weekend. Right. When you say eight o'clock, you're going you're gonna to be done. We're talking specifically, I'm going to draw a line there. So uh, basically from New Jersey, south and west, it's it, it's done. And particularly southern, New, southern half of New Jersey, southern Pennsylvania, down into Maryland, Delaware, you'll be long out of this. Uh, but it's going to take longer if you're in southern New England, if you're in Connecticut, Massachusetts, particularly if you're in southeast Massachusetts. Given the track, um, Okay, so you're screen sharing here. Give me a second. Given the track, uh, if, it, if uh, we see something that straddles the coastline and then actually goes inland somewhere into southeastern New England, uh, parts of southeastern Massachusetts will probably get into some pretty good wind for uh, at least uh, several hours as, as the uh, low goes by. And, of course, while all this is happening, you're getting this transition over from a tropical to a post-tropical system. And uh, here's um, – let me, let me uh, – I'm going to switch off. So you can see what uh, Mr. Reyes put up on his screen here. And uh, there you have it. So uh, have at it. All right, yeah. Um, as I said just a few moments ago in doing a little bit of uh, looking around, of course, I did this the other day, but I had a track that was further offshore. Uh, but now uh, this morning after uh, making comparisons and putting together the uh, tracks based upon the GFS, and also the uh, the European model. This pretty much looks like the track that else is going to take relative to our area. And as you can see, Joe, as opposed to what we were thinking just a couple of days ago, much closer, much further west 
than what we were thinking. In fact, this thing looks like it could skirt right along the Jersey Shore, past just 30 or 40 miles south of Manhattan uh, around 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, and then maybe cut across eastern Long Island and then move on up toward the Boston area by 2 p.m. And as I said, look at this is the track based upon consensus of the two models for Elsa tomorrow morning. And over here, this is the track that uh, Bertha, the tropical storm, took back in 1996, July 13th, July 12th and 13th. Look, it starts out pretty much over the Delmarva. It moved inland along the Jersey Shore, passed just to the south of New York City, moved across western Long Island, and then moved on up to Boston, and I tell you, 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 I could not find an, a, a tropical system going over past records. I could not find a tropical system closer or more strikingly similar to what we're anticipating with Elsa than with Bertha. And then it was just a matter of going uh, online and checking out uh, what uh, some of the newspapers said about uh, Bertha. And basically, you know, uh, some trees down power outages, not hundreds of thousands, but a few thousand, you know, here on Long Island and uh, also some some uh, power outages over in New Jersey. Winds gusted to 50 miles per hour along the coastline. There was one gust in uh, one section of Long Island, I think Babylon. Babylon reported with Bertha a gust of something like 74 miles per hour. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen tomorrow with Elsa, but what I am saying is that I think that the forward speed of Bertha contributed to those gusty winds back in 96 and the fast moving speed of Elsa, again, by the time it reaches us, 30, maybe even 35 miles per hour, it's going to really be trucking along. That could help to uh, cause not only the significant rainfall, but also the very strong gusty winds. Of course, the movement doesn't have anything to do with the rain. This atmosphere that Elsa is moving into is just chock loaded with lots of moisture already. And uh, now we're going to add a tropical system to it. So get ready. I think after midnight, 2 to about 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning, we're going to be looking at some heavy-duty rainfall, flash flooding, as if it's not already occurred with the thunderstorms that we've seen here already, and uh, more to come, it looks like, overnight tonight. All right, I'm trying to – I accidentally erased the hazards map, so I've just reloaded it, and I'm going to bring that up. So we can just kind of take a look, take a look-see. And uh, I'm seeing, for example, in Fort Pickett, Virginia, uh, which is pretty far inland, and that's probably close to where the center is now, uh, it, uh, uh, they're north at 30, 18, gusting to 36 with, uh, with, with rain uh, fall, rain and fog. Uh, and uh, I'm just looking at some of the wind gusts. I'm going to go a little bit further to the <coughs> south and see if we can pick up some what's going on. Down uh, at Virginia Beach, there's a gust of 37. Uh, at Kip, Kip, Kipot, Kip, Kip Top Peak, Kip Taki. Uh, that's as close as I'm going to come to this. It's on the <laughs> southern tip, and I, I've actually been there. It's on the southern tip of the Delmarva Peninsula. They're gusting to 32. There is a gust at uh, Manteo uh, Dare County Regional Airport in eastern North Carolina, uh, uh, gusting to 49. And, you know, it's basically uh, low-range low ga uh, gales or fringe gales going on uh, along the coast. The inland winds, 
Uh, there's, you know, Leland sustained winds are running 10 to 15, 10 to 20, August 2025. So there's, it, the wind's at least inland. And I'm just judging from the wind barbs, I'm thinking the center is just about, you know, right in here. It's a little elongated, which is uh, something that the uh, Hurricane Center did mention. But it looks like the, the center is right there uh, in uh, inland and southeast Virginia, maybe about, oh, 100 miles uh, west, uh, northwest of uh, Virginia Beach. And pretty soon it's going to be into Chesapeake Bay, and then we're going to continue to watch it as it from there as it starts to move to the north. Meanwhile, uh, I just as I was saying in terms of the saturated tropical air, uh, we had temperatures this afternoon that reached up uh, 90 or better in parts of southeastern Pennsylvania into southwest Jersey. And of course, the thunderstorms have all cooled the temperatures down, mostly in the low to mid-70s now. But the dew points were up in the low 70s just about everywhere. And that's exactly where they are now. We've got low 70 dew points uh, all the way up uh, into Rhode Island. And uh, dew points in the um, mid and upper 60s as you go further north, uh, up through the Hudson Valley and on up uh, into uh, Massachusetts. So this is really uh, uh, about as saturated an air mass as you can get. And it's tropical. You could feel it today. Uh, if you talk to anyone today, yes. uh, you know, if any, anyone that had, um, you know, that, that's into weather, uh, would we'll, have told you being outside, you could almost, you could feel that something, you know, a, a tropical system was coming because the air had that, 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 that sense to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. As I just mentioned a minute or two, a few minutes ago, a juicy air mass. This is the, this is the kind of air mass that loans itself to, uh, well, there's a lot of precipitable water. I mean, uh, like a, if you could take this atmosphere and squeeze it out like a damp sponge, you probably would get a good two or three inches out of it. And um, uh, we were talking yesterday about two to four inches with the uh, passage of Elsa, uh, putting the emphasis more on the two than the four. I still think we probably could put more of the emphasis on the two as opposed to the four, if only because, again, Elsa is going to wind rapidly past us. It's going to move very quickly. And that fast movement, again, will play a role. Well, it'll play a role in two, two regards. It'll, it'll play a role, I think, in helping to possibly increase the potential of strong wind gusts and also helping to keep the precipitation, the heavy-duty precipitation, down by uh, its fast movement. So that, that, that heavy rain is going to be here, but it's not going to be here for a very long interval of time and long enough to put down, let's say, in, in, in an order of like four or five inches. But again, if you take Elsa and combine it with what has already fallen this afternoon and early evening with some of the thunderstorms, there will be in the end places that will probably pick up in excess of four or five inches. Again, partly from the thunderstorms and also partly from what is coming our way from Elsa later tonight. Yeah, no question. And I got the U.S. loop up. You know, you see, you can see Elsa here. You know, here's the upper trough that that's moving through the Great Lakes. There's actually another one that's right behind it. Uh, we don't. It's not a very sharp upper trough, but uh, it is doing its job in terms of energizing the atmosphere. Obviously, it's helping to trigger off some of the, the uh, thunderstorms that we're seeing today. Uh, one other thing I want to point out, because we did mention this yesterday, and actually the Hurricane Center mentioned it today, this huge area of clouds and rotation that extends from the western Gulf inland into south Texas that's due to an upper low, and if you see the, where the rotation is, that upper low is actually inland. If that upper low were over 
over the open waters, then over a course of a couple of days, you could see that uh, warm uh, become a more of a warm core system and maybe eventually become tro a tropical system. We've seen that happen many times over the course of many hurricane seasons. But as long as the upper low remains inland, that is not going to uh, be a factor. And of course, for the folks there, it really doesn't matter because uh, the upper low is just creating huge problems, continuing to just pull up moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, the pouring rains continue there in uh, Texas. And I'll just real quick, Joe, before I go, I'll, I'll uh, switch the screen for you. Uh, just want to show, um, just get down there into the Gulf and take a look at the radar. And you can see in the Western Gulf, there's, and this has been going on for days and days now with tons of showers and thunderstorms, uh, particularly along the coastal bend of Texas. You've got flash flood warnings that are popping up all over the place. And in Florida today, uh, we've got some action down in South Florida, but um, most of the Southeast now, and even through the Carolinas where they had heavy rain today, uh, that's all done. The heaviest rain is in that uh, yellow band in Southeastern Virginia, where it's been pouring for the last several hours. And again, that's once the center of Elsa pulls, uh, reaches you, uh, the rain just shuts off. Now you've got the, uh, uh, you've got the uh, infamous RPM uh, model. Yes. Which I yes, always thought and, was um, really as, as much a composite of all the models put together than, than any kind of magical model. But nonetheless, it does, uh, it, it, it does help to look at it, but, um, yeah, I, I like the, an, the animation, uh, so to speak. And as you can see right here, this is as of the uh, 20, this is 21Z. And this is as of, um, let me just back this up a little bit. No, okay, I'm sorry. Bum, 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 well, go to, the bum, 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 bum. go to the first frame for a second. So, I mean, bring it up to uh, zero Z. This, all right, this is uh, 21, 22... Here we go with zero Z. This okay, is zero so Z. Right that's now. that's the zero Z look. Now I'm going to just bring the our radar back, the actual real radar back, and I'm I going to just make this point uh, with respect to the short range models uh, and all of them, uh, not even close in terms of the magnitude of the amount of precipitation that's being shown. I mean, the RPM has absolutely nothing uh, in central New Jersey down into Delaware. Uh, uh, you have to go almost down into southeastern Virginia. That's where you find what it sees as the core of Elsa. And it, it's missing all of that action that's going on between. Because we do have light to moderate rain uh, ranging up all the way into Delaware and now moving into southern New Jersey. Uh, it, it did a better job with what's going on in Pennsylvania. It's, it's overdoing western Pennsylvania and underdoing the thunderstorms in northeast Pennsylvania, northern New Jersey. As, even though it does have some strong cells there, it's underdoing those cells as well as the ones in Connecticut and over into Massachusetts. So uh, the short, the short range, the super short range models like the HRRR and a few others are are not doing a good job in in terms of uh, reflecting what's what's uh, what's on the radar. I'm sorry. Now I will uh, switch back to uh, I'll switch back to your screen, and you have you, ha you have it now. What you what you said is is very interesting because I thought that maybe instead of using 21Z as the uh, the most recent update of the RPM that maybe it might be well to go to 12Z the uh, I guess you could call that the primary run and see what uh, 
what what it said back then, uh, and and it shows it a little bit better. At least it shows more in the way of moisture down here over part of South Jersey and across the Delmarva region. Yeah, here's it, the it, thunderstorm it, activity. Yeah, but, it, but it, northern again, New Jersey, Hudson Valley, short. Long Island, falling short there in a big way. Right, it's falling short. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, let me try one more thing. Let me take a look at the 18Z. Um, see if that has a little bit of a better handle on things. And isn't it fun to be able to move to move weather systems like this? Uh, mm -hmm. um, going back to zero Z now. So this is zero Z, and as you can, as you can see, Joe, just a big corridor of nothing across central southern New Jersey and down to the Delmarva until we reach um, until we reach Elsa. So yeah, they, they, these models are falling way short of. Uh, of, of, of properly depicting the, the precipitation and the moisture here. So you have to, you know, take this with a grain of salt, I guess, for, uh, for uh, depicting. But I just, just want to show you, show you and everybody else. Here is Elsa. And you can see how the spiraling of Elsa coming up from the south and uh, coming through or moving through the, the tri-state area. It looks like the, this is forecasting the worst of it. For us to be around 6.30 to about, what, 7 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock. And then right after that, Elsa lifts away to the northeast. And then we end up in this corridor of nothing for a while. There's your cold front that will be working its way toward us for the latter part of the afternoon tomorrow, reaching us by late tomorrow afternoon. This is now showing you uh, 23.30Z or 7.30 tomorrow night. So... We may get hit hard after midnight into the wee hours of tomorrow morning with Elsa. Then there'll be a long stretch of not much of anything. And then toward the end of the day, maybe another round of showers and storms with the front passing by to finish out your Friday. All right. So let's take a look at, uh, let's go to SPC and uh, see what they got on the table. Uh, because uh, they they're busy today, obviously too. Uh, we've got uh, we still have a working tornado watch in southeastern Virginia and in eastern North Carolina uh, that extends up into the Delmarva Peninsula. Then you've got that little gap in between, and then the severe thunderstorm watch that's up. Excuse me until uh, for another hour in uh, northeastern uh, southeastern Pennsylvania, northeastward to northern New Jersey, the Hudson Valley. Uh, southern, uh, southern New England, Long Island. That watch box actually turned out to be pretty accurate. Uh, just about everybody inside that watch box got to see something uh, today, and some places got to see a lot of something, obviously, with some of these cells. Uh, you have a, a large area of marginal risk that that watch box was put in. Uh, just want to also point out that we have an enhanced risk tonight in western North Dakota and northeastern Montana. Uh, with some severe weather likely there. Also a slight risk of severe weather in southwest Ohio, uh, northeast, uh, northwestern Kentucky, southern Indiana, and a small area of marginal risk along the Texas coast. Uh, the uh, forecast, I'm just going to bring up the map for a, a moment. I just want to point out that uh, the uh, they actually added the slight risk, SPC did, when they went to the watch box. And uh, the uh, tornado risk. Now, bear in mind, folks, that this 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 profile here goes till tomorrow morning. So uh, it's quite possible that when we get Elsa to move up, 
uh, in this tropical air mass that you're going to have some severe thunderstorms embedded in there. Uh, we saw them today in, in the Carolinas. We saw them also in uh, southeastern Virginia. Uh, there's a 5% uh, probability of tornadoes uh, being indicated for um, a small portion of northern New Jersey, just about to New York City, the Hudson Valley, and um, much of Connecticut. And then there's a, a larger 2% area. You're also seeing 5% risk of tornado where they have the tornado watch up now in southeastern, in southeastern Virginia and in eastern North Carolina. So just again, this is this categorical, the, the uh, categorical risk goes all night till 12Z tomorrow. And then during the day tomorrow, as we go to day two, and this is for Friday into Saturday, uh, they have us in marginal risk, Joe, all day. I'm assuming that this is also going, this, this, this looks like the marginal risk from the tropical system pulling out. But I got to think that with the front pushing eastward, that we could, and if the dew points don't come down tomorrow, they may come down a little bit behind this, but it, you're going to have to wait for the cold front to get the, the real dry air. Uh, right. That we could be in a marginal risk for severe weather tomorrow afternoon and uh, for late tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow evening. And the, the interesting thing, Joe, before they upgraded and placed our area in slight risk, when we were just in marginal risk la late last night and this morning, the interesting thing I found was that they had a uh, a two percent chance of tornadoes in a marginal risk zone. Not a usually you only see tornado forecasts when you are in the slight risk zone area. Admittedly, you know in marginal risk you see uh, the risk of you know damaging winds or even hail. It's it's very unusual though in marginal risk situations to see the forecast for actual tornadic activity. But they had it in there for late last night, and then of course now that. We're into a slight risk zone. That all the more is uh, is a possibility uh, for our 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 area for uh, for the uh, coming hours, and especially so ahead of uh, the, uh, the 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 approach of uh, Elsa. Uh, tornado risk tomorrow is two percent in southeastern New England and over eastern Long Island. Again, that looks to me like that's reflecting Elsa as it's put uh, before just before it pulls out. There's also a 2 to 5% risk uh, there in northern Missouri into Iowa, eastern Nebraska, northeastern Kansas, and, and uh, western Illinois. And that's part of a slight to an enhanced risk of severe weather tomorrow for the Central Plains and the Middle Mississippi Valley. And then as we move into the weekend, let's take a look at uh, Saturday. Uh, we have a uh, no thunderstorm activity forecast at all in the northeast. And we have a marginal risk in parts of Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, Missouri, and in uh, northwestern Arkansas. So uh, going to continue to be busy from the standpoint of severe weather. I wonder, you, you, you think we might see a watch box go up overnight into tomorrow morning? Because we don't see that up here too often. You wonder whether with the, with the low, the way it's tracking, that there might be a watch box that goes up uh, for the overnight. You know, it's a funny thing. The last time I remember that happening, it wasn't a watch box for severe weather. It was a, wa a severe thunderstorms. It was a watch box for tornadic activity. And that was like at three o'clock in the morning. And I'm going to I'm going to I don't care what they think. I'll say this right off the bat. Three o'clock in the morning, I wake up to loud thunder. I I, I you know, and uh, my wife had her iPhone nearby and it, it was flashing tornado watch 
in effect. And I said, Let, let's see what the radar shows. And this was a, this was about a year or two ago. And I flicked on Channel 61 on Optimum, which for many years when I was at News 12, that was our traffic and weather channel 24-7. You were always never more than two minutes away from traffic or weather forecasts. And you know what happened when I flicked it on at 3 o'clock in the morning? Couldn't see anything because between midnight and 6 o'clock in the morning, our good old traffic and weather channel becomes an infomercial channel. And so I was not able to see what I had seen for many, many years prior to that, um, when you could flick on and see a radar on your big screen TV in less than two minutes, it's not, it's not there anymore. So you, and, and that again was the last time I could remember a severe weather watch. And it was a tornado watch of all things happening at three o'clock in the morning. And it was on a Sunday night, Monday morning. I don't remember the date off, off the top of my head, but, uh, it is unusual, Joe, for, for our neck of the woods to see, uh, SPC put a, a watch of some sort up for the overnight hours. But yeah, well, we got an approaching tropical system. So why not? It, it, yeah. it, it certainly is within the realm of possibility overnight tonight. All right. WPC's got, uh, you can see the, this is front end loaded. Obviously, most of the, you know, 90% of this is going to be from what's going on uh, tonight. This starts at eight o'clock. So it's, it started five minutes ago. So ninety percent, I would say ninety percent of this is what's going to happen overnight and on, and into uh, tomorrow. Uh, that stripe there of uh, two to three inches, two to four inches uh, from uh, Delaware, eastern Maryland, running northeast through New Jersey, the lower Hudson Valley, Long Island, uh, into Connecticut, and into uh, eastern Mass and, and uh, Rhode Island, and even up on through coastal Maine. So that's all Elsa. Uh, we've got uh, also uh, a big area of uh, three to six inch rainfalls over the next seven days from uh, the Ohio-Indiana border all the way back into northern Missouri and southeastern Iowa. Uh, also uh, continuing to see some big additional big amounts uh, in uh, Texas uh, along, the, along and inland of the coastal bend and the west coast is quiet. So let's check, uh, by the way, WPC also has a moderate risk now of flash flooding in the northern half of New Jersey to New York City, western Long Island, the lower middle Hudson Valley to the two, just east of the Catskills, western Connecticut, northeastern Connecticut into uh, eastern Mass, southeastern New Hampshire, and all the way up into coastal Maine. That's a moderate risk of some uh, flash flooding. And uh, as far as the 8 o'clock advisory, let's pull that up because that just should be in now. Uh, we have um, Elsa at 36.8. Let's see where they give the reference points to. So it's at 36 point. And the center's at 36.8 north, 77.4 west, 65 miles west. Uh, uh, wait, 65 miles west of Norfolk, Virginia. To, and, and I pointed this out earlier on my uh, Weather in 10 uh, video that I did for my subscription platform on Patreon. Uh, that uh, they're using Atlantic City as the next reference point. So that tells you where they think this is going to go. 240 miles southwest of Atlantic City, top winds 50 miles an hour, and moving northeast or 040 degrees at uh, 21 miles an hour or about 19 knots. And the minimum, minimal, minimum central pressure actually knocked it down by a couple of millibars, down to 1,004, uh, 29.65. There's a little bit of baroclinic deepening going on. It's not a lot. It's subtle, 
Uh, but it is there. Uh, I, I think that's the reason why the winds have actually picked up a little bit in terms of the maximum sustained winds that they're carrying. Uh, because we are seeing, you know, looking at judging from the satellite, you know, there's a very obvious strong rotation and there's some good enhancement in the cloud cover that's going on. When I say good, I mean uh, solid, impressive. Good's probably, I don't want the word. I, I had somebody misinterpret what I meant by the word good thunderstorms once many years ago. Um, ah. So, you know, that, that's a story for another day. Uh, hopefully he no longer works at the, hopefully the newspaper he worked at is out of business uh, and he doesn't have a job, <laughs> but uh, you can see the, you can see the cloud enhancement going on now that we've gone to sunset down to our South. So that's all destined to move Northeast and the, the, the rotations for the rotation on the satellite is impressive enough. And then the, the frontal boundary that lies uh, just to the West of that. So let's play around with a couple of the, short range models. I have an earlier HRRR. This is the 18Z HRRR, uh, which went long enough so that we could take it through the whole track. And again, take a look at what it, the rate, this is what it has for a radar at zero Z, not even close. Okay. Not even close on both counts, both on what's going on uh, across uh, Eastern Pennsylvania to Southern, to, to, to much of Southern New England but also with respect to what's going on with ELSA. But the low track, if we want to just use that, the low track goes into Chesapeake Bay. Uh, it uh, goes over Cape May, then kind of jumps out. I don't know why. You know, Sometimes these are the, the funny things the models do. Suddenly the low center moves east and then jumps north. So if you smooth it out, it just probably goes north, northeast. It finds itself just south of Iceland by uh, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. In fact, it's right over Islip at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, and then at Riverhead at 11 o'clock and noon, and then it moves east again, and then it jumps northeast. I don't know. It's doing some really. It's got some weird thing that it's doing here. Uh, we we you know we like to smooth the tracks out a little bit to account for the model uh, idiosyncrasies where it's trying to find the low pressure, and it's you know oftentimes it'll find multiple centers and then doesn't really know what to do with it. Uh, but you get the idea uh, that the track is tucked in right along the immediate coast. And I'll, I'll switch to, let's go to the, I think the 23Z, which is only going to take us out 18 hours. But we'll let that one load up now, just for comparison. While, while it's loading, while it's loading, Frank, uh, Frank Riccio says, it's pretty rare for a tropical system to hit New Jersey or come very close. Usually they're many miles offshore and are moving very fast. And this is just what I was saying, Frank, is that with the tropical storm Bertha from 1996, that storm was actually a little ways inland from the coast of, uh, of New Jersey, went right up along the Jersey coast, but it was a little ways inland. Whereas if you take again, the consensus between the European and the GFS for ELSA, ELSA will be just a little ways just off the Jersey shoreline, which is why I'm saying that uh, ELSA and Bertha are perhaps going to be rather similar in terms of the amount of rain and also the amount of wind that they may bring. And, and Joe, just I just want to quote here from the New York Times from uh, Bertha from 1996. It said, uh, the storm known to, uh, to the southeastern United States as Hurricane Bertha reached metropolitan New York yesterday afternoon in its diminished form of a tropical storm, but its gusty winds still carried enough cloud to knock down power lines flood roadways, and batter shorelines, winds up to 
50 miles per hour, uh, slammed tree limbs into electrical wires, temporarily knocking out power. According to this article in the aftermath of Bertha, uh, Long Island Lighting, which doesn't exist anymore now, it's a completely different company, but uh, the electric company on Long Island, crews had restored power to some 58,000 homes, although another 18,000 customers were still without electricity as they went to press with this story. Public Service Electric and Gas estimated that 58,000 of its customers in New Jersey had been affected. Now, I, 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 I'm not thinking that we're going to see that many people plunged into the dark with Elsa as it passes on by tonight, but I am, I am thinking that we're going to see at least some power outages near and along the track of the storm later tonight and tomorrow morning. So don't be surprised if you wake up tomorrow morning, some of you, and find that your digital clock is not working and that your your light isn't coming on in your bedroom because it could very well be that there could be some uh, power outages. I don't think, again, of the same magnitude of what Bertha provided, but uh, there could be some out there late tonight and tomorrow morning. By the way, we're up to 74 likes. Thank you very much. For those of you who've hit the like button, uh, if you uh, if you like, uh, you can uh, maybe take us up over 100. That would be uh, that would be a nice thing. So thanks again for those of you who've hit uh, the like button. Joe, take a look at the. This is the 20. Now, now this is shameful. It's really shameful. Uh, it, this is the 22Z. So this this was the HRRR model from two run from two hours ago. And take a look at what it has for a radar presentation for zero Z. No, I'm, I, it, it isn't even remote. It isn't even remotely close. It's not even in the same. It, it, it's not even on the same plane of existence. It's horrible. Well, it, the short-term models are not doing all that well. What, no, can, what else can I tell it's, you? It's awful. What can I say? Uh, okay, so let's run. Let's just follow the low center because that's, I think, probably the more important thing. Now, this, by the way, is at eleven o'clock tonight. It's got almost no precip anywhere. Okay. I mean, this is just nuts. Now, here comes here comes this arm of heavy rain and squalls into New Jersey. You can see the low is straddling the New Jersey coastline. That kind of jumps out east, moves over eastern Long Island, and then. Uh, on the last frame, which is at uh, noon on Friday, it's in uh, southeastern Connecticut. But uh, for those of you who are watching, uh, I would just uh, say that uh, the western edge, I'm going to just kind of uh, draw in mind, this is at 2 a.m. I, I think the western edge of the rain will be somewhere into southeastern Pennsylvania, you know, and down into the back of the low. So forget what it has on, it, on, on its view of the radar. So uh, at um, by by 5 a.m., if you're in Southeast PA, Southwest Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, it's all done. Okay, uh, of course it's going on uh, in a big time. Central and North Jersey, coastal Jersey, uh, with the low center there near Cape May, up into Northwest Jersey, the Hudson Valley, Long Island. Uh, at 8 a.m., uh, the low is uh, east of uh, Ocean County. South of Long Island, again, if the HRRR is correct, we don't know that that's the case. But the bottom line is by 9 a.m., the back edge of the rain is just about to New York City and then pulling out to the northeast. You have to wonder, Joe, if the rain is already up into southern New Jersey, 
into the southern New Jersey on the radar, if it's coming in faster, it, it may go out an hour or two faster. That's something we have to consider uh, as a possibility. Uh, the but but for the most part, I'm eight o'clock. I think is a good a, a good number to use for the for the rain ending at New York City, and then you can uh, start you know adding and subtracting hours on either side in terms of trying to figure out what right. your end time is going to be. Right, and I noticed Joe that the uh, folks over at the National Hurricane Center are sticking more or less to a track that runs from Cape May to Montauk and on to uh, between Cape Cod and Boston, which is noticeably more to the south and east of the consensus track that I had brought up between the GFS and the European. Again, the European has been on uh, on this for the last couple of days, uh, saying that it, this system is going to be more west than any of the other models originally had indicated. And uh, I think some of the models now are trying to join the European camp. But again, NHC, National Hurricane Center, still wants to uh, move the storm uh, out to sea at Cape May and not bring it back on shore again until it gets to around Montauk. I personally think it's going to be uh, noticeably coast, uh, no, noticeably closer uh, to the coastline uh, than uh, what what they're saying. But we'll 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 see. It's now it's 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 you know it's a point now. It's the point now where we're getting into that time frame where it's no longer a matter of forecasting. It's now a matter of now casting to extrapolate uh, where the storm's main bands of rain are going to be in the coming hours and uh, also try to see if we can somehow manage to uh, extrapolate where the uh, where the track of the storm is going relative to what some of the models are saying. I mean, the models, uh, at least in terms of pre predicting or depicting where the moisture is, pretty much you should just throw them in the circular file. Yeah. They're, they're, no uh, way no, they're useless. What is, what is reality? Here's another fail. Okay, I, I just refreshed the radar, so uh, it's up to date. It's only six minutes behind. It's 8.17 Eastern, so uh, the, the last frame on this is from 8.11. Look at this radar, and, and actually, Brandon Doherty hitting Super Chat tonight. Thank you, Brandon. And Brandon's down in Delaware, so... Um, uh, they've got uh, the the radar showing rain, uh, some moderate moderate rain down in the southern half of Delaware. I don't know how where you are in Delaware, but I'm just kind of curious as to uh, what 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 kind of weather you're having there. Uh, but take a look at this radar, and take a look at the FV3 uh, short range model. Okay, <laughs> it's an, it, it's horrible. It, it's just, and actually, I'm 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 kind of surprised because the H the, the FV threes actually hasn't been too bad lately with 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 these afternoon and evening thunderstorms and, and how it, it's been depicting them. But again, seems to be in another uh, in, in, in these short range models in a whole nother reality. Let's focus on the for surface low track just east of Cape May in Atlantic City, passing south of Long Island, kind of clips Montauk. And then goes into southeastern Massachusetts. Now, I, I think I think you know, I, I think the track is just going to be is going to wind up being just to the left of that. Uh, the, the the short ranges I think have the low too far out. By the way, when you saw, talked about uh, now casting, just so you know, I have not even looked today at the GFS or the European. I haven't seen the twelve Z GFS. I haven't seen the eight the twelve Z European. You have the 18Z European, so if you want to bring that up, and while you do that, um, I will bring the 18Z GFS up and and actually look at it for the first time because I haven't I haven't seen it. Will do. Okay, Will so do. you you get the European. 
And, you know, it, it's an exercise in futility at this point, folks. And you, I think you get the idea um, that, you know, the models are not going to really be very helpful. It's it's a matter of just watching the radar and look at the surface observations. And actually, looking at the GFS, the GFS presentation of the radar is probably better than any of the short-range models that we looked at. And uh, you can see it takes the low uh, pretty much in the same course. Just it smooths it out. Southern Delaware to um, east of Monmouth County, south of Islip by about 40 or 50 miles, probably crosses Montauk and by... Eight o'clock by uh, one, two o'clock tomorrow afternoon is sitting just west of Cape Cod. I'm not. I don't have too much of a problem with this track. Now let's. Uh, I'll. I'll uh, we'll bring up the. Uh, eight, Joe's got the 18Z European, so we'll put that on the screen, and there it is. There it is, and that's that. That's as of zero Z or the amount of rain that has fallen uh, up until zero Z. And I got to tell you, it looks pretty, pretty damn uh, good. Uh, this swath of green, which pretty well uh, is, shows up well on the radar. There's the amount of heavy-duty rain associated with Elsa. And yeah, uh, when we it, get up to, I mean, you know, it's not perfect, but it, it's a lot better well, than the short term. It, it, right, but there's it's still, the H oh, sure, I know. But it still has nothing with regards to what's going on with the thunderstorms locally anyway. But go on. We'll just focus on Elsa here. Right. All right. And uh, here is uh, 2 a.m., you can see the heavy-duty rains have now made it into south-central New Jersey with Elsa. Elsa, the center of Elsa, I would suppose, is somewhere around here. Yeah, southern Delaware. So, yeah, yeah, right right around that area. Of course, up here is Wilmington, Newark, and uh, this is, again, southern Delaware. And then by 7 o'clock in the morning, we've got, well, this is depicting an elongated uh, low-pressure system, probably somewhere south of... Islip or Babylon, and we're right in the thick of things here with uh, the heavy-duty rains across uh, Long Island into New York City, coastal north uh, northeastern sections of New Jersey. Uh, the uh, heavy rain, uh, moderate to heavy rains, reaching just about up to where I am. And then it looks like after that, again, this is this is all the preset that has accumulated from two o'clock in the morning until eight o'clock in the morning. When we jump to the next run here, which is uh, two o'clock in the afternoon. That's all the preset that is accumulated from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And as you can see, hardly anything for New York and New Jersey, which tells you that it's probably all but done by eight o'clock tomorrow right. morning here in our area. And the center of the storm looks like, Joe, it looks like it's practically on top of Boston. Um by 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, European and GFS match up pretty well. Again, folks, this is the inter this is the new intermediate European run, not the 12Z run. This is the, the in-between run. So, look, it, it, at this point, the models really don't matter. You watch the OBS. You watch the radar. That's telling you this. That's going to tell you the story. You know how it's all going to evolve. So you just it's just a matter of watching uh, what's going on hour by hour. And that and and. and then you uh, you'll you'll be you'll be far more uh, informed in terms of where we're going forecast wise uh, than uh, taking a look at model. I always tell everybody, you know, you've heard me say this before. 
when you get to the point of the event, please remember to look out the window. <laughs> you know, you can't yeah, absolutely. You can't watch a storm. Wanna... You don't watch a storm from a computer screen. I mean, unless you're looking at cameras in other places. That's not what I mean. But stop watching the models and and and, and you know, watch the look at the radar, look at the observations, look out your window. That'll that'll tell you what's going on. I, I figured. Let me bring up the the 500. Maybe we can get a peek here at the long range and. I'm noticing here at 8.30 at night that there's a bunch of maps that are still missing between 120 and 186 hours. So I'll, I'll, the way, I'll go back to by 12. By the way, before I did, on the, on the, on the uh, chat board, see, it's great to have a chat board because our, our friends on the chat board can update us and tell us things that are happening on the outside world that we're not aware of while we're concentrating on weather. And one of our uh, chat board members, David Carter, uh, is reporting that a 4.6 Richter earthquake has just occurred in the San Francisco area, and friends are texting him and saying that it's a pretty major one, it seems, at that moment. So folks in uh, folks in and around the San Francisco or the Bay Area uh, shaking, uh, as well as baking, I suppose, too, uh, with this uh, earthquake that's occurring uh, in their area, I guess, fairly recently. Uh, Within the last, I guess, few minutes or in the last hour. Yeah. By the way, uh, notice on the uh, upper uh, air. I will uh, make, make sure I got the map, uh, the maps up on the screen here. Give me a moment, and let's put. Let me bring that up. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> looks like the heat wave is back. I saw Ruthless Goat was saying how it was 101 up in Loveland, Colorado, uh, <coughs> when he was on earlier in the uh, in the chat board. But the uh, the heat wave. The heat ridge is back in the southwest part of the United States. It's stretched out east, west, and centered uh, in northern Arizona, southern uh, Utah. Uh, you uh, see the little circle there that's uh, east of New Jersey. This is for uh, tomorrow morning. That's Elsa. The blue patch over the Great Lakes is the upper trough of the lakes that's driving it uh, to the uh, northeast. Uh, that trough swings through with maybe some thunderstorms tomorrow evening. Then as that lifts out, we get the ridge in the west moving a little bit westward into California and Nevada and strengthening. We also have a ridge off the Atlantic coast that's building at the same time. So going into next week, we've got strong ridges on both coasts, and you've got a trough with an upper low in the middle right down the, the Mississippi Valley. Uh, so that's where all your, your, your weather's going to be in terms of showers and thunderstorms. And then you've got heat on either side. In, in the east, of course, it's heat and humidity. I'm just running through next week. Uh, looks like maybe uh, another short wave is dropping down into the Great Lakes along about Thursday. So that probably means we'll get a front late next week to try and push through in the eastern part of the United States. The ridges weaken uh, going forward. Uh, we've been talking about the fact that there's been this sort of persistence of troughs wanting to drop into the eastern part of the United States uh, in one form or another. Here's another one. Uh, around uh, this is well deep into the long range. So we're talking about July 20th, 21st. Looks like some kind of troughing running down from Hudson Bay into uh, uh, the eastern lakes. Uh, the the uh, westerlies are down almost into the mid-Atlantic states by the time we get toward uh, the end of this long range period. So still, you know, Joe, the trough keeps wanting to drop into the east. I'll say I said it last night. I'll say it again. If this is going to be a pattern that's going to persist through the summer, and into the early fall, we are. This is then. I will say that this will not be the the only tropical system that will be uh, uh, impacting the East Coast 
this um, this hurricane season. And Jason Berry brings up a good point, a very good point. You remember last year during all of those tropical cyclones that we went through, Joe, we made the comment more often than not that the GFS was really the, the, the best by far of all the models in tracking and staying abreast of the both the strength and the movement of these systems. And Jason Berry points out, he says, I think the GFS is on top of things for ELSA. It did well last year in the tropical systems in the Northeast. And yeah, it, it may very well be showing off here uh, as, as the best of the models. Although again, uh, the uh, European not too far behind uh, or not too much different than the GFS, just being a little bit now. further to the left or to the west. Yeah, now, no, the Europe, yes. the, yeah, the European in the formative stages of this storm was awful. It was just awful. It wiped it out in the Eastern Caribbean. It, it, it didn't show anything uh, going uh, into, into the west, in, into the eastern part of the Gulf of Mexico, N not even close. So, uh, and I also do remember a number of instances last year where the GFS uh, in the longer range, not the long, long range. I'm not talking about you know dates 10 to 16, but let's say in the six no. to 10 day time frame, there were a few instances where the GFS did a good job of picking out uh, tropical tropical cyclone development uh, better than, than uh, the other global models. So we, we should give it a, uh, uh, a heads up. Yes. And um, the chairman is on tonight. I did see that he's posted that uh, he's on his way back from his vacation in Southern, Southern New Jersey. So I assume that he's left um, uh, southernmost New Jersey and now heading back up up north. So you should be able to beat all of this uh, before it gets in. So just drive carefully, okay, and say hi to your mom because we hope uh, your mom is getting better and uh, moving around. Well, we do have a uh, I do have a Briller Jeopardy if you want to go to it tonight. Yes, so let's have a little fun. I'll leave it up to you. We've been talking yeah. weather nonstop for an hour, so let's have a little fun. Let's do a little Briller so the Jeopardy. Chairman, the chairman has put together a special movie debut edition for uh, Mr. Chiaffi tonight. And the category is an interesting category. Christmas in July. Oh. Which year or what what year did each Christmas movie 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 debut within three? Get eight out of ten, and you'll get a chance to pick a prize behind door number one, door number two, or door number three. You so these were Christmas. Hold on. Let me get Mrs. Yeah. Bundy what ready because uh being that this is <laughs> Being that this is a this is Christmas movies, uh, Mrs. Bundy <clears throat> is probably f far more appropriate tonight with that look, <clears throat> looking at me uh, because uh, you may have noticed the snarl that I made. Because I, I, I don't know if I'm going to do well with this. <laughs> okay, go on. Is she there yet? No, she's, oh, there. She is. She's come and gone. <laughs> She's coming. She's gone. Right. right. She had a lot. She she got on the shot. She lit her cigarette, and now she's off. Now she's off screen. I must tell you. I must tell you. Every time I see Mrs. Bundy now, I think more and more of Mrs. Quinn from Holy Rosary Catholic School back in East Harlem, <laughs> who, in my opinion, my opinion was one of the worst, one of the worst educators I could ever, has ever been my displeasure of having. Not just for kindergarten i had her for second grade as well oh, oh my god to have anyway. her in kindergarten you were scarred for life yeah, it's true absolutely true 
I was the only kid in her class in kindergarten, Joe. I don't know if the kindergarten teachers do this anymore. We had to draw a picture of something. Every kid, because she didn't like me. I knew from the get-go, Mrs. Quinn did not like me. I don't know why, but she just didn't like me. Every kid in the class got a gold star. Remember those gummed stars that you would lick and you put on it? Every kid got a gold star for their drawing except for me. And I don't understand to this day what <laughs> that was. I, I went home crying, and my oh, my mother Lord. went to uh, went See, to the local went to the local uh, stationery store and got a box of stars and put a put a star on my picture. That Mrs. Oh, that's Quinn that, that was sweet. That yeah, was sweet. Was anyway, category Christmas in July. Again, what year did each Christmas movie debut within three? And we'll start with number one. It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I will say 1945. Within one, you are correct. 1946. Number two, remember the night. I don't even remember the movie. I've never heard of it. <laughs> remember the night? I, I don't. I, I've never heard of remember, it. I remember guess I have to night. put it on my list of uh, of of movies. I mean, I couldn't even hazard a guess. I have no, I have no clue. Can you tell me who was in here. it? Remember? I'm, I'm, hold on, I'm bringing it up here on Wikipedia. A 1940 American. Well, you just Christmas gave it away. Comedy. 19. You just gave it away. 1940. <laughs> well, I mean, you weren't going to get it. Who was in it? You weren't going to get it. Um. Directed by uh, Michelle Leeson and starring Barbara Barbara Stanwyck and Fred McMurray. Oh, the film was written. The film was written by Preston Sturgis, the mm-hmm. last of his scripts shot by another director. As Sturgis began his own directional career the same year with the great McGinty. And, <laughs> and it was the, the plot ten- is much too long. Okay, it was a tell it was a tender, heartwarming story of a, a Cuban tobacco pigger and his love for the plantation owner's daughter. <laughs> right out of I Love Whatever. Lucy. Whatever. No, I, I Whatever. I've never I don't think I've seen it. So let's move on to the next right. one. Number three, Miracle on 34th Street, which has been done innumerable times, but we want the the first one. Uh Maureen O'Hara. 1948 47 you were within one on that okay and I I would have given you I would have given you a box of cigars if you could have sung the Christmas not the it wasn't necessarily a Christmas tune or Christmas carol but if you remember Edmund Gwynn who played uh, Santa Claus there was a little Dutch girl who uh, didn't understand English and yet when she sat on Santa's or Edmund Gwynn's knee, he was able to sing to her in Dutch. Yes, remember I remember that? that scene. And by the way, in, in her in, in her first in her first role in a movie, okay? Yes. Thelma Ritter, uncredited, as the mo- the mother who really? yeah, she's she the kid wants a fire engine. And, oh. and he told, and, and she got, she got mad and, and told, right. you know, and, and told, right, and, Tommy, and, get off of Santa's show, get off Santa's knee. Mother wants to talk yeah, to Santa. Exactly. <laughs> she, that was a, that was an uncredited role. It was a, it was basically a walk on and she impressed 
one of the big the, the one of the big cheeses upstairs with, with that part and then uh, that led to two more uncredited um, movies including one in, where she was should have gotten a credit for the letter to three wives she was great in that and then that led to all about Eve where she got her first of six Oscar nominations so anyway that's got one of my that's that got amazing Thelma Red is one of my favorite all-time supporting actresses Okay, go on. I'll have to look for that the next time I, I watch. I didn't even realize. Number four, not necessarily a movie, but a one-hour TV special, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Joe. The car, oh. With Burl, yeah, Burl Ives and... Yes. Jesus, you yes. know... I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying, you know, for some reason, I'm having a trouble in my mind is trying to decide whether that debuted in the 50s or in the 60s. I'll say 1962. You were within two, 1964. Oh, I was going to say 64. I, I was really going to say 64, and I said, let me say 62. Oh, okay, good. That started. That actually started on NBC, Right. and General Electric was the original sponsor, who also sponsored the College Bowl. And by the way, and I hate to say this, but they, they brought back the College Bowl, uh, and they had Peyton Manning as the host. Mm -hmm. give me a break just cancel it right now please <laughs> i i'm i mean i'm i'm I, I remember the college bowl i remember the college bowl when it was hosted by alan ludden and then later robert earl who was i the remember host for the college bowl. yes i remember and that was great it was on sunday afternoons at like six o'clock and the current college bowl forget it forget it please don't 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 torture me with any more episodes of of the, of the new college bowl i just can't take it anymore All right. um, next number five Number five, another TV special, A Charlie Brown Christmas. 66. Again, within one, 65. Wow. Number six on the list, Holiday Inn. Bing Crosby. Forty-seven. Oh, Joe. Not close. Eh. Off by five, 1942. 42, okay. That's not on my list of favorites anyway. So I, now we got, uh, uh -huh. I, I, only, I only got one more to miss. Right. The number seven is Home Alone. Oh, God. I hate getting old. I remember, you know. <laughs> You're better with the old movies as opposed to the new ones, right? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm having this one. I'm having a tough time. I'm trying to remember if that was a 1980s type movie or a 1990s type movie. I'll say. Well, here's a hint, I Joe. Why don't you just split the split the difference between the 80s and the 90s? What, what, what did I give you? Well, if you know you're saying anywhere between 1980 and 1999, I'll say 1990. Good. See, there you are. 1990, right on the nose. Okay. Number eight. This one narrated by uh, the late great, that goes, That's that, the movie that TBS and TNT run for 24 hours. Uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. 
I know, I know. I'm just trying to. I know it's been around forever. 19. Oh. I, I've seen it a, a ton of times, too. Nine, and nine, I'm going to give you another hint. I'm going to give you another hint. If, you, if you're thinking about any date in the mid or early 80s, you'll be right within the three year category or the three year oh, all right. time so I'm, frame. 1983. There you go. 83. You're right. I'm trying to help you, Joe, because I'm... No, no, my mind was actually in that early 80s, but, you know, my time, my grasp of time is not what it used to be, so it was pulling me in both directions. Okay, go ahead. What's left? You got two more left. Number nine, and this is, I guess, with Chevy Chase, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, God, I don't know. That, the 80, I'll say 82. Nineteen eighty-nine. Okay, go on. What's the last one? Even though I'm not going to get to pick the door. Christmas in Connecticut. Christmas in Connecticut. It's another one of those nineteen. That was also with Barbara Stanwyck and uh, Sydney Greenstreet, if I remember correctly. I'm, I, I'm thinking late 1940s, so I'll say 1946. You would have been within one of that, 1945. Okay. And now to tell you what was behind each, each door, which you are not going to be able to get tonight. Door number one had an 8x10 glossy picture from 1973 of Miss Carol Merrill dressed as Mrs. Claus. Okay. That was door number one. Door number two, 300 tons of rock salt. That's useful, at least. Well, not for me yes. here, but that would be useful for you. But go on. And door number three, a Christmas vacation in International Falls, Minnesota. Yeah. Where they always have a white Christmas. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. By the way, uh, it is the 8th of July. Uh and I have still not gotten to 90 degrees. In fact, I haven't even gotten out of the 70s in the last three days. That amazing. Isn't it great? Unbelievable. It Unbelievable. Is. Well, it's great for you. My electric, my, my, my June electric bill is going to post any day now, so I'm dying to see what it is. Uh, I'm going to see if I broke 60 bucks. <laughs> I know. It's Shoot just me now. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I by the yeah, I had traffic. I I, I went to take the dog. I went to take the dog out to. I went to take uh, JJ out to the dog park today, and I I, I ran into traffic. I there's a four way stop sign in town, and there was a car in front of me. I I, I didn't know I didn't know what to do with the stress. It, it was just too much. Oh. <laughs> Sunday, July 11th is going to be the 85th anniversary of the Triborough Bridge. And I leave you with an interesting piece of, uh, not trivia, but uh, an interesting factoid. The Triborough Bridge is made up of three different bridges. There's a stationary bridge that takes you into the Bronx. There's a suspension bridge, and there's a vertical drawbridge, a lift span. The middle part of the bridge lifts up. And you know how they lift that bridge up in the middle, Joe? They have two 
counterweights, which are made of solid granite, which are pulled down by 200 horsepower motors down through a pulley. They pull down, and as they pull down, they lift the middle span up, which weighs 2,000 tons. But think about this. Every time you go over that drawbridge and you go underneath one of those towers, think about this. Right, right above you, there's a 1,000-ton block of granite, which if those cables were to somehow snap, <laughs> you, don't even want to, you don't even want to think about what would happen. Well, I'm glad you told me yeah. that uh, since I used to drive over the bridge um, from time to time. I don't anymore. I didn't realize that that was the case. I, I probably They probably don't even open it anymore because they don't have the industrial ship traffic on the East River like they used to, uh, you know, back in the I day. I think, though, they have to they have to do that on, on a semi-regular basis just to keep everything, moving. you know, just to make sure everything is moving or yeah. everything is, you know, maybe do in the middle of the night. I know they did it. I know they did it about ten years ago when they moved the the new Willis Avenue Bridge span upriver to the current site, and they had to lift the Triborough Bridge up. At least that that was the last time I think they they did it. But in any case, I thought you'd be interested. July eleventh, nineteen thirty six, the opening of the Triborough Bridge, and incidentally, that was two days after the hottest temperature ever recorded at Central Park of 106 degrees. It was still very hot when they opened the bridge up two days later. So, uh, uh, By the way, Michael Lazera uh, is saying that uh, the, his earthquake app is reporting a magnitude 6 earthquake in Lyon, Nevada. Nevada. Um, hang on, because Brandon Doherty, actually I did notice that he put up a link. Uh, Irma Warren uh, says uh, magnitude 5.9, 29 miles from Gardnerville, R R Ranchos, Nevada at 6.49 p.m. And let me just see if I can get Brandon. I know he had the link. and I didn't get a chance to. Oh, here it is. Let me see if I can bring something up. Uh, copy link address. All right. So let me bring it here on this screen and bring it up and see what. That brings me. Hang on a second. It's the USG um, uh, magnitude 2.5 earthquake. I'll, I'll put the map up on the screen. Hang on a second. Uh, there we go. So let's take a look. Yeah, so there's the, uh, there are the spots. What is that one? I'm clicking on this. 32 miles east-northeast of Dardenville, California, 2.6. And here's a bunch of listings here. Four well, that's what the epicenter was. It would, and, and they hurt, felt it in, California, in San Francisco. That probably was a very significant shake. Yeah. Uh, none of the numbers here... There was one yet uh, to here it is uh, thirty mile, uh, kilometers east northeast of Dardendale, California, four point six, uh, and this was at uh, seven seven thirty three uh, Eastern time. Uh, then uh, we know it can't be Pacific time because it's not not that late yet out there. Four point four, uh, four point four, nineteen miles. Uh, east northeast of Dardendale uh, reported at uh, 827. Then another one at 2.6 at uh, 
at uh, 8.42, almost 8.43 Eastern time, 32 kilometers east-northeast of Dardendale, California. So it looks like there's a whole bunch of shocks here going on. I'm just trying to see what the biggest number, 4.6. Oh, here it is. So at um, 22.49, so that was at, uh, at 6.49 Eastern time, 33 kilometers southeast of Markleville, California, uh, a 6.0 magnitude earthquake. So I'm trying to see where that's that, a pretty big shake. Yeah, wow. And that's north. It, it, it's actually I'm a, I'm just guessing from this geography, which is not labeled. Uh, that looks like it's north of San Francisco Bay. If, if I'm if I'm reading the geography correctly, that that's got to be San Francisco. Uh, the uh, the outline of the Bay Area there. So this is north of San Francisco, 6.0 on the on the Richter scale. So there you have it. So this is at earthquakes. Uh, I'm sorry, earthquake.usgs.gov. For those of you who uh, want to uh, take a look at that on your own, uh, by all means, that is the uh, uh, the link to it. Uh, earth uh, earthquake.usgs gov. All right. And uh, we get 134 likes tonight. Thank you so much for those of you who hit the like button. Uh, most appreciated. The chairman, um, uh, the chairman yeah. uh, hitting super chat tonight. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, he said he got an email from the executive producer, Ruben Fairchild, that Briller Jeopardy will now be on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and that he's meeting with him to discuss this tomorrow. I'm sure you are. Brandon Doherty hitting Super Chat again. Thank you so much, Brandon. Most appreciated. Thank you for posting those the, the links um, uh, to the uh, to the earthquake. And yes, yeah, Siler, I got we I did scroll down, so I was able to get it. So that's good. It's a very good website uh, for earthquake information. So again, it's it's uh, earthquake.usgs.gov. So it's uh, Thursday night, which means that we won't be here tomorrow because we usually take Friday and Saturday off. However, uh, if, uh, you know, God willing, I get up early in the morning and most mornings I do, I, uh, might just do a live stream first thing in the morning. So, uh, you mean like at 5 a.m.? Well, maybe not 5 a.m., but may possibly, you know, between 6 and 7 a.m. I may jump on. Uh, so, um, no guarantees. I still have power at that hour. Yeah, no guarantees, but I'm going to, uh, you know, if I, I usually, I'm usually up by 6 uh, and some days I'm up by five. So if I if I get up my my, my usual wake up time, uh, I will uh, jump on and do a quick live stream. Otherwise, we will see you Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern time for the Sunday Joe and Joe Weather Show. And of course, by the way, you can keep updated. Uh, you can go to my website, meteorologistjoechaffee.com, uh, where uh, I post uh, regularly during the day. Or you can uh, join my uh, subscription website on uh, patreon.com slash meteorologist Joe Chaffee. That's just $2 a month. Uh, it's enough to get me a couple of cigars a year, and I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, there's some higher tiers if you're interested. Uh, but uh, just for 2 bucks, uh, you get uh, advertiser-free uh, website posts, uh, extra videos, which I did one tonight before the show uh, that was for members only. So... Uh, patreon.com slash meteorologist Joe Choppy. Okay, you uh, see you Sunday. Everybody have a great weekend and uh, stay safe tonight and uh, tomorrow morning as Elsa goes by. Night, everybody. Prepare.
prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Amen. Night.